The Rats by James Herbert. Chapter 3 Karen lately shrieked with glee, so dog joyfully licked her nose. Only a year old, she's fascinated by this vibrant, four-legged creature. It never tired of playing, but unless it was time for its food, grabbed its tail with pudgy little hands and pulled with her tiny might. A mongrel yelped with obvious relish and leapt around facing the girl again, plying her face with its juicy tongue, causing more delighted giggles and shrieks. Shame, Sharon's mum first shouted, the sighted dog that came into the room. You mustn't lick the baby. How many more times must I tell you? Dog looked sheepishly to Karen's mother. Tongue hanging out, panting with acceleration. When it saw its water bowl being filled as it sank, it trotted over, gandalously. When it saw its water bowl being filled at sink, it trotted over, gandalously. Now, Karen, we just have a nice cup of tea, and then we'll go out and get the shopping. Paula, Blakely said, smiling at her daughter, who was now pulling the dog's leg. A dog. Little girl had both arrived at the same time. Camera was surely saying as a present from Paula's husband, Mike. Both to keep her occupied while waiting for the birth of her first child. But that same day, he'd gone to labour and been rushed to the hospital. It had taken 12 hours through the baby to emerge. A pain had been enough to discourage her from wanting any more. She loved that child more, she thought, than she loved Mike. Maybe because she's the only thing that really belonged to her. Perhaps not quite that. It's more because Karen was something she had produced, she had introduced into the world. Looking at a gleeful baby, Paula smiled. Oh, or was it just that she was so loving? Paula might hadn't wanted Karen so soon. They couldn't really afford her. Been lucky to get a place so quickly, dingy though it was. There's a spared area, two near the docks, but they lived in Poplar most of their lives anyway, so it didn't make any difference. It certainly wasn't a slum. Paula made sure of that. Other houses and sheep may have been neglected by tenants, but hers are spotless. Soon, when she saved enough money, they moved out to Barking or Ilford. Not much far from Mike's job at the carriage. He was doing too well there to leave. But the better class area, where they didn't have to keep a dog or cat, just keep the mice down. Whistle kettle began to shriek, shrill, began to shrill, interrupting her reverie. She turned it off and reached into the cupboard, the tea tin. She more swore that she found it was empty. Mike drank coffee in the mornings. He never liked its slightly better taste. He reared on the cups of tea as a child. A tea bottle the house, ready to being cold. Flip the can for a moment. Would it be all right for a few seconds while she popped next door and borrowed some tea? Yes, she's preoccupied with shame, watching him now slurp with his food bowl. She wouldn't be long. A baby couldn't get it in too much sheep in a few seconds to take her. Taking a cup from the cupboard, she quickly slipped out of the room, leaving the door open. Hoping Cat would never notice she was gone. Her baby happily watched the little mongrel gobble his food. She even tried some of the end of her finger that spun it out and discovered it wasn't for taste. 
Suddenly the dog froze, hairs in its back stood on end. It snarled at something moving in the back doorway. Her door was in the hall next to the kitchen door was slightly jar. A black shape scurried from it. Jane bounded towards it, picked it up by his neck and shook it vigorously. A high-pitched squeal broke from the rats. Instantly another appeared and leapt to the dog's throat, sinking its razor-sharp scent sizes deep. The infuriated dog spun around in a circle, trying to shake it off, but still not letting the first rat go. Another was on the back, clutching it, clutching with its claw-like feet, biting hard, ripping skin, shame, out the pain. The shock of more black creatures poured into the room. Baby began to cry with horror. He saw his beloved playmate being hurt by the foul-smelling creatures. More rats came into the small kitchen, They're, but these were different. They're bigger, moving more cautiously. Ignoring the violent struggle with the dog, they saw the crying baby bolved of food by his side. They slid forward, sniffing the air as they went. Food disappeared rapidly. They turned to the tiny figure. A dying dog seemed to sense the child's danger and jumped away from its attackers, freedom and still clinging to its body. It fell upon the huge rat. Which was already biting into the baby's leg. Shane fell amongst the high into the air, last remaining strength and turned to face the others. The other dog lasted a few seconds more, fighting friends in despair. Then his body was torn to pieces and a black, writhing mess. When Paula Bartley rushed into the room, she screamed in horror, utter panic. Scene didn't quite register in her brain. All she saw the room teeming with bristle, furry shapes tearing and something bloody, and a small white shape. A tiny hand quivered, ring among the mass of black. Karen, she screamed. She ran to the room, kicking, screaming. Blind man it, giving her added strength and speed. She clutched the arm and pulled. The boy came up, but the two of the monsters clicking. Perla beat them as she made for the door. Her own legs already covered the blood for the bites she seed. Two rats fell away, but not for the blows, but because the soft-edged children serrated. From her body, separated from her body. Paula ran from the house, her dead baby, screaming, holding bloody body to her breast. The rats finished eating the dog and scurried back in the cellar, the bloody ones first.